Dude, I changed the probably stinkiest diaper I've ever changed today. It was like like the worst. You know when a dog farts and it's like clears a room? It smelled like dog farts. Really bad dog farts. I call that as the name of my punk band. <laughs> dog farts. Dog farts. Isn't that, wouldn't that be a good punk band? I think so. Next to the I mean, screeching were, weasels and the butthole rattle. surfers. Butthole surfers. For they sure. come at you like an avalanche coming down. I thought it was unfortunate when they were like popular. They'd be like, <laughs> like trying to find their music. And it's like butthole surfers. <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing to, to press enter when you're Googling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Click on the day. Do you feel, do you click? I'm feeling lucky when you click that one. What so. a weird button, right? I'm feeling lucky. Isn't that a weird button to have? I've I've literally never really known what it means. I, I don't. I, I think it just takes you to the automatically the the top or one. Was of the it top the sites right? Top site. I, does, it, I, that, does it still exist? I'm feeling lucky. I, I, I don't think I'm it gonna, exists oh, wait, anymore. I'm, gonna, I'm on my work computer. I'm not going to test it. <laughs> I'll check it on my phone. Yeah, well, um, I don't think they have an "I'm feeling lucky" button anymore. They do. They have. Because I thought it predicted, doesn't it? Yeah, I see. I see it right now. Google.com. Google.com. Buttholes. Surfers. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. All of our wives are going to be very worried. Oh, oh it's went Wikipedia. to Wikipedia. Yeah. Mine took me to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. For butthole surfers? Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't. And then here it is. It's What's the definition then? What's the definition one, of a butthole surfer? One, anus. Two, a stupid, annoying, or detestable person. Butthole. So okay. it's just a butthole. Oh, Chris forgot to put the surfers part in. No, I got it. <laughs> Did you misspell surfer? I must did, did you did you spell it with the ph? Oh, I did suffers. <laughs> <laughs> you are not feeling lucky with that. <laughs> I'm glad it took me to Merriam-Webster's dictionary. <laughs> that's what safe mode is for. <laughs> that's the name of my next gay bar. <laughs> Your next one. Hello and welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake and I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey. Listen to, listen to you guys. So excited. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, was, I, don't know. I was just reading a meme. <laughs> it has been a, reading a meme. a meme. You can't even stay on topic. <laughs> it's been a doozy Dude, of a day. On topic, Jake just like brought us in without any warning like he does. Oh, I mean, we kind of knew he was going to do it. <laughs> he was like, okay, ready? Oh, and then he looked at a meme. Dude, I was reading a meme. I did. I didn't hear him say "Okay, ready." Oh, okay. All right, let's stop. Or let's keep going. Hey, yeah, the other one. <laughs> Guess what? Good news. All four of us are here. When was the last yeah. time that ha- that was? Like last October? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was when we recorded the live the live bands episode or whatever. That. Like, oh, that was right when when I moved in. Yeah, down here, which was March. Oh, Something okay. like that. It was it was right before you moved, and uh, we was had like, cake hey, with you. Record one more time before seven you. months ago or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, remember we yeah. had cake with like a plastic cup, and it broke the cup because mm-hmm. it didn't work. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Do you remember when I spilled the cup of apple juice? I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't tell mom. Yeah, well, I did tell her that it was not her fault. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, you asked. <laughs> so. uh, what have y'all been up to? What's going on? I'll tell you what I've been up to. I've been watching. (laughs) I've been watching. uh, uh, Morgan and I actually just started watching a Apple TV Plus show called Foundation. You heard of this? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's ringing a bell. So Foundation is a uh, sci-fi book series by um, Isaac Asimov. Yeah, it's like an old one. Oh, it's like I think it's his first. I like one of his first book. I think his first book he ever wrote was like in 1950, and this was written in 51. I think it was his Who's third. Isaac Asimov, iRobot. Um, oh, he, so did he? Come he's up like an like OG. The, he is like the inventor of science fiction. Did he like, invent like the robots, like rules or whatever? Yeah, how they like, yeah. cannot harm a human. Like, yeah, it's so weird that we have all these rules for like things that don't exist yeah. <laughs> right and, and it's all it, well it's all based on fiction too but, it's but all like, yeah. but, but um science fiction early science fiction is just so cool because it uh it's so oddly realistic now yeah it's weird it's weird anyway so i'm 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 watching Robocop. this this foundation show and it's got um jared harris is one of the main characters yeah i love jared harris he's so good uh but the the um emperor the big evil emperor is lee pace and i I adore lee pace that guy is pace is great he is shirtless quite often and he is quite sculpted as a human being Um, i remember i was like foaming at the mouth over him when we watched that movie was it yeah the 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 fall was, yeah that was the one did jake tell us to watch that or did did reese did no, reese. yeah because he was great in the fall yeah he was oh great. yeah that was that weird movie isn't he didn't he play ronan in uh uh-huh. in mm-hmm. and he's, Garden, guardians and he's of the galaxy legolas's dad yeah yeah in that um, one in that one movie <clears throat> that one movie that's not good that we won't expand upon it's like the best sequels we prequels we have <laughs> Dude, it's, uh, not, also, it's not only inferior, it's just bad. Anyway, keep going. Also, there's uh, another actor in it is Alfred Enoch, who was in... He was, he's the black kid in Harry Potter. Um, hmm. No, Dean Thomas, yeah. the one that Jenny oh, dates. Didn't he announce um, Quidditch? Yep. He was like, oh, uh, that's Lee Jordan. Oh. That's different. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, uh, that was that was extremely racist of you, Chris. By the way, what Jake's not saying is it's the other black kid in, in Harry Potter. <laughs> the only other. Uh, um, anyway, he's in it, and that was kind of weird to see him because he's an old man. Well, not old man. He's as old man as much as I am. But. Uh, yeah, that movie is fantastic. I'm I am absolutely adoring this show. It's so good. Um, so it's based off of the book series, then. Based off the book series, they're the the showrunner, all the 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 producers and everyone. They're trying. They're they're saying that they want to have it go on an eight season run so that they can get through all the books in the Dude, series. That book series. I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. It went from 1951 or yeah, 1951 to, to like 1993. 1993. Yeah. 
Yeah. That is a long it came out quicker series. than the Dark Towers book did. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a 40-year series. It's crazy. I, I couldn't imagine uh, that uh Game of Thrones fans need to calm their, their tits a bit, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys seen crazy. that one meme of George R. R. Martin and he's complaining about plot holes in Lord of the Rings? And there's a picture of J.R. Tolkien that said laughs and completed story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one today. Actually, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to lately is been watching this foundation show. It's pretty great. I, I like it. I would I would recommend if you have Apple TV plus I would I would recommend foundation. It's pretty fun. I think that's the last streaming service I don't have. <laughs> you have Peacock? I do. Because yeah. I had the WWE network and it just carried over. Um, it, I, I have like Peacock because it comes free on like either Xfinity or Sprint. And then mm. Apple TV Plus comes free on the other one. So I have HBO Max free with uh, AT&T. That's nice. I like nice. HBO Max. Yeah. Um, so something I wanted to, because it's not what I've been up to, but I wanted to have gosh darn discussion about this. I love that Chris Pratt was cast as Mario. I don't know why everyone has such a hate boner for him right now. Yeah, I don't get it either. Charlie Day's Luigi, and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. But Chris Pratt's Mario, and they're like, oh, gross. What? No, why? Is it like... like uh, it's because he's it, Christian, and nobody wants to be happy for a Christian. But, but they're all... I, I, I just can't see it. I just can't. I, I thought it was like, I thought it was because Chris Pratt's not Italian and it's in, you know, you got to give it to an Italian in these, you know, but nobody else is Italian. <laughs> hey, is that hey, really what it is? Hey, the lead. hey, dude, that I, mean, he- I heard one, once one Where's person complaining. Gabagoo, yeah. The phone was, was uh, complaining because uh, the original voice actor for Mario what, is still alive. Bob Hoskins. No, <laughs> Bob Hoskins is not alive. I know he's not. Wrong Charles, and wrong, Jay. Charles Martinet. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if that's even like, if he would be even a viable. He's in it. Candidate for, well, he's not leading the. No. But what's he going to do? Like do a caricature for the whole movie? But, but yeah. what, I mean, what, what's the, the like production company going to do? Say no to Chris Pratt right now. He's like one of the biggest names. I, I right. feel like he's declining because of just sheer will, and it's making me sad. Because he's never done anything bad to any. Well, maybe Anna Ferris. I'm sure he's screwed over Anna Ferris many times. <laughs> but but uh, I don't know what he's done. Like I, I don't. I don't get what his crimes against humanity are. He's People Christian are for one. That's that. That's, he's pretty unapologetic about his. Uh, but he's yeah, never religious. like. I mean, he's never apologized. But he's and never then he didn't go to that party. Oh, Dude, yeah. he didn't go to that party. The Biden okay? party. The the Biden party. He didn't go to the Biden party. <clears throat> and it doesn't matter if if everybody who has ever known him is says he's a great guy. He didn't go to the Biden party, which makes him an ass. And the church- bison too from uh storming the Capitol. I heard that was really Chris Pratt. <laughs> the bison with the battle axe. The, oh. the bison with the battle axe. <laughs> he's actually local to here. There, yeah, he's a weird dude. Yeah. To Arizona? The bison guy? Yeah. Yeah. Was he's he? A, yeah. That's awesome. He's an Arizona guy. He's weird. <laughs> he, there, he, there's some there's some uh odd ducks in Arizona. Well, th- to say the least. Jake's there. Mm-hmm. Jake joined him. Can't beat him, join him. So anyway, I'm excited for the Mario movie. I think Chris Pratt's awesome. 
I love I think Chris Jack Pratt. Black as Bowser. That's perfect. Uh, that I'm is Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. Perfect. So, so the the question is, is like, is he gonna do like the high pitched voice with the? It's with the me. I hope not. Isn't hope is Fred like, Armisen? He should Fred play him. Toad, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Seriously? No, no, no. So. That doesn't sound right. Fred Armisen is Toad. I don't know. Dude, it's sound, right. it sounds way more than right. It I know that like... uh, Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. Mario, I stole your girlfriend. <laughs> is he gonna? Does he like? I, I really want to know. Does he try out for these I don't, fat I th- guy roles? I thought like he was a great lovey roles in every right. animated movie. I thought he was a great Pumbaa, honestly. But like, like, did they did they search him out? Like, why isn't he offended the way that like Jonah Hill gets offended all the time? Uh, he's really uh, Fred Armisen is cranky Kong, probably because like Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Mm. How this is stacked? Probably oh. because Seth Rogen is like always high and like. Doesn't just doesn't get offended because he doesn't care. <laughs> he was he was actually recently on. Um, this is our once an episode plug to Corridor Crew. He was uh he was just on Corridor Crew. Seth Rogen, beardless Seth Rogen. Was he high? He was doing a artist react VFX artist react. It's pretty. I, cool. He needs to grow his beard back. I don't ever want to see him without a beard again. Yeah, it, it looks it, odd. He looks like his, some. Yeah, you know who he, needs to shave their beard because he looks kind of ridiculous. Jack Black, dude. I no. love it. No, he Honestly, doesn't. Jack Black like can it. do it, whatever it comes and he goes. wants to do. Jack Black can do whatever he wants to do, and it will always be amazing. In fact, <laughs> Jack Black, Have whatever you seen he that, does, somebody shade, needs to write like, a tribute song of what he does. A tribute song. It's a good idea. <laughs> have, you seen that, have you seen that meme of, uh, it said, uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston at 50, and it has her, and she's looking just stunning and then it shows jack black at 50 and he's in he's in nothing but his uh his boxer briefs and a cowboy hat touching his toes like he's like kicking his foot up in the air touching his toe uh-huh. in his backyard and it's like get yeah dude his youtube channel was like the best thing for him at this point in his career oh my gosh <clears throat> jablinski game that I is really the like best the movies that he chooses to do right now because it's like they're a little more subdued they're like kids movies Mm-hmm. But like clearly he loves him like he's he's probably passing on a lot of things dude yeah. it, his his uh self-proclaimed gaming channel that that on youtube is basically Barely has going, any gaming yeah it's just him doing if if it does have gaming it's like retro gaming so he's super into like pinball and and like retro games and stuff and so dude i was watching one of those passion. i was watching one of those videos of his and he was like and this is my snack that i eat when i game and he was like i make nachos <laughs> he made one nacho <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> he like took a little spoonful of beans and put it on a chip, put like three sprinkles of cheese, and then put like a little bit of of salsa. And he goes, "That's it. That's all you need. It's just one nacho." And he took a bite. And I was like, oh, "I don't know why gosh, that's so I, funny." But... I love him so much. Well, I, I think it must have been. A, it had nacho. to be. A Is it even a nacho at that point? Can you? It call had it to nacho? be. A, it has to be a callback to Saving Silverman when he's like. <laughs> When he picks up the the plate of nachos, he's like, "Dude, it's one nacho," because <laughs> they're all stuck together. Uh, where? How do we get to Jack Black? What's going on, Mario? We, we were talking Mario, about Chris Pratt, right? What do you right. think? What do you think of Chris Pratt being Mario? Chris, I love it. Yeah, 
like if he can play Mario like like the way Emmett is in Lego movie, just oh my god, ridiculously <laughs> optimistic and happy. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely. Like, Mario's not exactly like a downer. Like he's not so so it's it's animated, right? It's not live action, right? It's it's from the guys that did like despicable me. Okay, Honestly, so, I think so it's I, animated. So yeah. I, I it just it they're just names to like they're not necessarily the best voice actors, but they're just names to fill the statue, fill the yeah, but like everyone in there has so done voice acting, except maybe. Sure, I'm not saying they're Tanya bad Taylor voice Joy. actors. I don't know if she has. I'm not saying they're bad voice actors. I'm just saying that if you really wanted to make a Mario movie, you could find an, a voice actor that actually sounds like the Mario. Well, like from the, you know everyone's I mean? like, freaking out about it, but who else? Like who? Who's the dream actor to cast yeah, in Mario? No. There isn't one. Bob Hoskins. <laughs> from in the, in the I animated, told you already. From the animated Mario. No, I'm not like I'm not yeah. saying that, I'm not saying that I'm mad about Chris Pratt being casted as Mario. I just think it's I do think it's like a little like interesting um, because like Mario has always somewhat sounded at least a little Italian. And so I'm just wondering how. Yeah, but like that's I don't get like because the, the Fury is directed just at Chris Pratt. No one's mad at Charlie Day for being Luigi. No one's mad at, at Seth Rogen for being Donkey Kong. It's just all the Fury is going just to Chris Pratt. Everyone has such a hate boner for him and I don't get it. It's weird. It's because it's because of him, though, that uh, you know Thanos was able to do the snap, and so everybody's hated uh, him. What I think, um, <clears throat> it's true. It's, everybody's hated him for that. Well, I don't understand. Why did Fargo go for the head? It's <clears throat> a good point. I think video game characters, like the main character, is really hard to depict in a in a movie, though, just in general, because you play as that character, and so. Out of all the characters in a video game, the main character has the least, um, the least uh, amount of personality, I guess, or defined personality, just by because by nature of the fact that you're playing as them, yeah. And so I I think it's really hard to place the main character because it's supposed to be your personality because you're inserting yourself into that character more so than any uh, than any other medium. Mm-hmm. You're placing yourself in the main character's shoes. Right. So basically what I'm saying is the best person to play Mario is you. Me? You. Oh, I guess I'll let them know. All of you. All of I'll you. my agent. <laughs> the best person to play Mario is the friends we made along the way. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm getting to. All right. What you been up to, Troy? So I'm going to, I'm going to, oh, damn, we're um, still on that. <laughs> I'm going to talk about two things. Uh, the first thing is this kind of got a little bit of a funny story to it. So have you guys heard of the the show on Netflix? It's really, really popular right now called uh, squid game. Ooh, I've uh, heard of it. I saw a trailer for it. I haven't seen it. It looks so, gross. Okay. It's so a Japanese show done. done Korean. In English. Is it Korean? Yeah, it's Korean, Korean dubbed in English. Yeah. Um, and anyway, same, so same thing. so um Mara texts me and she's like, Hey, just so you know, uh Rory's been watching this and I don't think it's really appropriate. I've watched six episodes, my anxiety is way too high, and you I would like it if you know you make sure that Rory doesn't watch this either, right? And so I was like, Okay, that's <laughs> like I understand. So I pulled it up just to see, you know, what my kids have been watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watch it, and like, first of all, I'm like Holy 
Like I've heard it is incredibly violent. Yeah. I'm like Rory, any of my kids, no kid, like no kids should be watching this. But then at the same time, I'm like, Holy, I love this. This is, I've heard it's great though. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first episode and I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of hooked into it. It's, it's pretty great. Um, But yeah, it's Korean dubbed in English. So if you don't like that, that if that's not your thing, then, you know, just, there's been a few Netflix shows I didn't watch because of the dub, like that money heist. Everyone raves about, I couldn't, I didn't watch that one either. But was that like one in, Spanish? Yeah, I, just, I think it's filmed in, in Spain. Spain. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Wait, is it dubbed or subbed? Dubbed, dubbed. Subbed. We went over. We went over this last. Come time. on, Scott. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's interesting because, like, you know, when you, I always wondered why when. Um, Cause there's always like language barriers, you know, no matter what, like there's always going to be translation issues, but like, I always wondered like when watching anime or anything, anything dubbed uh, animated wise, why it always sounded in English, why it was either sounded rushed or why it sounded like just really off. Right. They're trying to match mm-hmm. the lips. Well, either trying to match the lips or what, what they might be saying in that language might only take like a handful of syllables. We'll take like, a bunch of syllables, you know what I mean? So they have to like figure out how to say it faster or figure out how to say it differently. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I, um, I was watching squid game and then like, because it's dubbed and you're actually like seeing their, their mouth, like they're actually speaking Korean, but it's dubbed in English. Like it made a lot more sense why in anime it was a little different, but anyway, just a little thought that I had. So anyway, I've heard we, we were at work today. We were actually talking about, uh, the beginning stages of of the epidemic when everyone watched Tiger King because I'm wearing today I'm wearing my Hawaiian shirt that has tigers on it so we talked about Tiger King and how that was like the best time of COVID because everyone was still happy um, but uh, well happy is not the right word for what was going on then but then i was like yeah and then i immediately got off that the high of watching Tiger King to watch don't with cats and that documentary series was brutal Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't suggest anyone watch that show that was nuts Mm -hmm. and then someone was like oh you want brutal watch squid game Mm -hmm. i was like oh okay what what, is it is it a documentary no no no, it's it's a it's a show that confused me too because he said that and i was like uh it's a documentary huh and then i looked it up and it was like oh it's not necessarily a new story. Like the, the story is, is that like the, you have a handful of people, a couple hundred people. So more than a handful, but you have a couple hundred people who are uh, in insane amounts of debt and they, um, they are basically playing these, this, this game, right. The, uh, it's not called squid game, but anyway, it's uh, they're, they're, like a Japanese game show type. Game, yeah. It's right? like a game show thing right. for, for, this, for probably the super wealthy. And if you win the game, then you win a lot of money and you can get out of debt. Right. But like, basically the game has consequences. So you basically like the first episode is called red light, green light. They're literally playing red light, green light. But if the, if they catch you moving, when they say red light, they kill you. So you die and then they kill you till you're dead. Anyway, so yeah, um, stakes have been higher. Yeah, so then like so, and like the the shock factor whenever it's like, oh, this isn't just a game. Like this, these are anyway. And so, if you've watched the preview, you'll you'll kind of see things get a little crazier. But I've only seen the first episode, but I'm already kind of hooked. So anyway, this, yeah, definitely not something your kids should be watching. Definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of the the funny thing. It was like, yeah, Rory shouldn't be watching this. Definitely not. But I'm gonna keep watching it. <laughs> I like how I like how your wife is like. Uh, 
it's your responsibility to like don't to make her not watch it. I don't want to be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was a little different. So it was, hey, she's Rory's not watching this at my house, so don't let her let them don't let Rory watch it at your house either. So mm-hmm. that's it. Makes more sense. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, I've been reading a graphic novel. Um, I haven't read a graphic novel in a while and I'm loving it, but it's, uh, American gods um, by, uh, I love that book. Neil Gaiman. Is that a graphic novel too? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it? A I've heard it's like, pretty graphic. Novel? It's a novel. It, it started out as a novel. Oh, it did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jake and I read the novel like at the same time for some reason. Um, now, for some, we were in a book club. <laughs> I wasn't in it. Was I? Were you not? No. Oh, I've never been in a book club. Oh. Maybe Scott was Scott. Were you in that book club with me? I was in a book club with your mission buddies, but uh, no, I was that book. Oh, was it not that book? No, nope. I thought we did that book. I know they made it into a show, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and I know, it's been, I know, it's, I know it's been around a while, but I, I was just the stars or Showtime. Stars. I want to watch it, but I don't have access because I'm not paying for another streaming service just to right. watch one show. <laughs> right? Isn't it funny that like all of these streaming services that we pay for, we're basically paying more than we did for cable. Yeah. We're like we're yeah. like so happy to be freed of Pathetic. the shackles of cable, but we're Plus, and everyone everyone predicted it as soon as like, oh yeah Hulu started competing with Netflix, and then it was yeah. like oh crap. Here for a while now, now, it was just Netflix and Prime, and then and then uh, and then um. And then Hulu started getting bigger and bigger. And it was like, oh. now, now all the TV channels mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. in contract disputes with the streaming live streaming services. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if you're on one, then you don't get Fox. And if you're on another, like YouTube's just a YouTube TV is just about to lose all their NBC coverage. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh NBC, goodness. NBC Sports, all the USA, all those NBC channels, all NBC Universal. And there, there's a lot of like, well, at least with like uh, soccer, like EPL soccer, you can only watch it on Peacock. NBC Sports or or Peacock, yeah. But like, it's not even on TV. It's it's you have to watch it on the app. But like big things, like Sunday night football, mm-hmm. is a one of the biggest things of the week, and that's that that's going to go away from YouTube TV. Uh, wow. October 1st. I've been watching it on Hulu. We have, I pay for every streaming service and I have live TV on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's we we got it for the Olympics and just never canceled and, it. And, 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 and if I've you, been watching AEW. If you count all of those subscriptions, I guarantee you're paying more than what you paid for cable, but you're not shackled to Comcast. So, <clears> you know, Ooh, Chris, I heard that Rusev is on AEW. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. His name is Miro. I've heard that he's like, he is the the weapon that will destroy. He calls himself like that. Like he God's, cuts, God's chosen. God's chosen. Yeah, he cuts the craziest promos I've yeah. heard. Yeah. It always has to do with how he's God's chosen and how his wife will not be able to walk tomorrow. <laughs> like it's always, it's always like in the same sentence. <laughs> That's good. He's like, you didn't suffer that night. My balls also did. We need more of that. We need more of that masculine energy in in entertainment. (laughs) It's great. I love. That's funny. He's hilarious. Hey, Scott, what have you been up to? So I've been up to um, DMing our cold bow Dungeons and Dragons game, text based game. Hell yeah. On on discord. Um, I just got our first kill. 
Literally just today, I got our first kill in that. True. In that uh, We've been playing for a couple of weeks now, right? It's been a couple of weeks. About a week, I thought. No, it's a couple been a week. I, I mean, I'll go. I'll go scrolling. You keep talking. Unfortunately, Troy is not participating because he should be preparing the next game. Uh, should be. Wink, wink. How's that going, Troy? <laughs> I played the fifth. <laughs> We're gonna play on the fifth. That's really mm. soon, man. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a super fun game. Um, I picked a kind of a. It, it's supposed to be a more silly campaign, mm-hmm. that, like a sh- that's short and a little bit more silly. Um, I'm doing my we, best. We haven't we haven't really played it that silly, and I think that might be my fault. But uh, I'm just kind of going with the flow with first time DMing. Um, but it's been it's been, it's been, it's been, been silly. Fun. Like there's yeah, that's true. You haven't I've been, been, like, I've been trying serious. to keep. I've been trying to keep my NPCs a little, if not silly, like outlandish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and there's enough like Lord of the Rings references and different things like that in there to make to to just be like, hey guys, remember, this is not uh, this isn't. Yeah, the the biggest thing that we're figuring out right now is this is our we're in our first battle, and uh, mm-hmm. combat is a little clunky in text. Um, lots of waiting but that's it's a lot of waiting but i really like it like i really like the idea that i'm like oh am i close enough to okay can i do move that and then i'm not sitting there going okay no move over no move 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 it to this spot no over to that spot no 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 up this way like there's none of that business which i really appreciate i I can see Mm -hmm. you too scott as a dm being kind of worried that like combat's taking too long or something Uh but to me it's been like the funnest part of this game so far oh really combat yeah definitely nice Nice. because i mean you were saying there's a lot of waiting but there's a lot of waiting before too there's a lot of waiting for (laughs) someone to have a conversation with a sheriff or something like and i we have a separate board for just discuss it for table talk basically Mm -hmm. and i think i mentioned it in there like how much i enjoy like the, the like i would always prefer playing at a table with people but this is so much better than not playing at all right because like every once in a while i'm uh, like i'll have a slow part in my day at work or i'll be bored or something and i'll just be like oh i gotta check my my D game and see if someone has responded and then i'm like oh and then i see oh there's like 20 missed messages i was like oh good now i got <laughs> now i got some catching up to do and it's like my favorite thing nice. so i love it how, I've how been, do you compare I've, it how do you compare it? It's not really apples to oranges, or it is apples to oranges. Uh, how do you compare it to like a Zoom D and D, like like what we, like what we've done in the past? I mean, Zoom, Zoom doesn't really compare to like in person. I, I think it's hard to compare tabletop to Zoom, in in a sense, because it just feels like the whole thing of it feels completely different. You know what I mean? Well, how do you mm-hmm. compare the text base to Zoom? Well, um, not not even compare. What just what do you? Like I mean, subject, this, subjectively like more. The, I mean, I I prefer Zoom. That's but I, I also I'm also not knocking on your game. Like like you said, like it's still better than no D and D. Right, it, being able to read faces and right. stuff is really nice. It's just a different way to play D and D, and I'm all for it. I'm not complaining. But I mean, if I had to choose, I'd choose Zoom. But we also know that we don't have time. that option yeah. sometimes. Yeah, right. And this this is such a long. I mean. We have done like maybe like 15 minutes worth of tabletop time in (laughs) three weeks. 
Yeah. So, so it, I mean, it is so long form. It, it's mm-hmm. hard to compare it to anything as far as D and D, but I also find myself like uh, my imagination running away a lot more with this text-based stuff mm-hmm. because I have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Dude, and, and, I, and I don't know how it goes DMing uh, a live game, but like I have so much freedom as a D as a DM to like, Go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to put very specific words in to like uh, mm. drop hints or, or like, or I, I'm actually going to change it here. And so, it, because it, because I was going to do it this way, but because this happened, I'm going to change it. I can be much more deliberate. Oh, you mean your players say something that you did not expect and you went, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that, that's definitely what I was meaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, that never happens yeah. uh, on on the table. But, it's fun like, like when you guys went into time. the oh sorry, we, like when you guys went into the government building that I had no plans for, and just had to make up, <laughs> wing the sheriff. <laughs> but didn't the whole like sheriff was winged? Didn't you like? I swear you said like, oh yeah, there's a sheriff's office or something. Um, I think I might have just because I can't remember why it came up. You probably but, said it just in passing and then yeah. we like latched onto it and you're like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I mentioned the sheriff or something. Oh yeah. my gosh. That was another Dungeons and Dragons group that uh, me and Chris and Scott are in with some of my other friends, um, some of my mission buddies that we, we play with. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we said something like that. And then I was like, cause someone was like, oh so your players latch on to something that, that you don't expect. And I was like, Oh, you mean like all of them being on a stranded Island with literally nothing on it. And Mm -hmm. then they go searching for an hour and a half on an abandoned Island with nothing on it. And wonder one rolling natural twenties on their investigation. roles. (laughs) They're like, what do I find? I'm like, I don't know, sand and trees. Like (laughs) literally an abandoned Island. Dude, having the limit, very limited experience I have as a DM, I would basically just say, just get on the boat and go. I tried. I tried so many times. I tried so many times. It's it's funny too because headstrong players. In in this very well, in this very specific scenario that Jake's talking about, it was the first. We were were on an island. It's the first time you DM'd. You were stranded on an island. And we were like, Jake, what time is it? And he's like, high noon. Right. And his plan was to get us to make camp and go to sleep. But he told us it was noon. <laughs> so we were like, oh, we have time to investigate. And Jake was like, I could, he told me later, he's like sh- shooting himself. He's like, why did I tell them what time it was? So like, if I want them to, it's like, camp. yeah, we hiked the mountain. How long does that take? I'm like, uh, three hours. I get, and they're like, okay, so it takes three hours to get up and maybe an hour and a half to get back down. So that means that it's only like five o'clock when we get back to camp, uh, we have more time to search this beach. And I was like, Oh my gosh, guess what guys time works funny on this Island. (laughs) I I don't know. It was, so then, and then our session ended up being six hours long. Yeah. That was, that was fun. Um, But yeah, in in this, in this, uh, the, the the text-based one we're doing, on our Discord server, uh, plug for Discord server. Come join us. You can come watch the game. By the way, um, but yeah, we're, we're we just barely got out of like early exposition of the campaign, <laughs> first combat. Yeah, um, and it's been three weeks, but that's how it is. 
that's expected. How long do you think this uh, this the whole thing will last? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. It, it, the right word. It's hard to tell. I, I uh, it, it just more... depends on. Because if I'm if I'm DMing the next one, and you said that it took three weeks to get through your first battle, like. Mm-hmm. It may take a few months. Well, no, if I'm DMing the next one, it's just going to be like, you guys met at a tavern and uh, there's a bar fight. (laughs) Oh, hey, you won. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it just depends on engagement. Here's some diamonds and some gold coins. Well, well, to be honest, though, they're... Well, I don't want to give anything away, but... (laughs) I'm um, being... There's also people who people who are at work and so they can't get to their chats and and then, then there's like days go by with no... Well, I get Response that. And, and, and that was, the, that's the point of it. And I'm being facetious uh, because like to me, cause I'm supposed to be DMing the next one. Cause I said I would, but <laughs> I'm honestly like, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, <laughs> Neither did I until I jumped two feet in. But Yeah. But um, I mean, there's a lot. You can go deep, deeper than two feet. I jumped in feet first. Sorry. Oh, okay. That's, that, that's, that's, <laughs> Hey guys, why don't we why don't we uh, introduce Troy to DMing or to <laughs> um, <laughs> how how does one get into DMing or Dungeons and Dragons? What are we doing first? So, <clears throat> getting into Dungeons and Dragons. That's uh, I think if you're still listening to the episode, you've taken the first step, right? Mm-hmm. Being interested in Dungeons and Dragons is the first step. To getting into it, right? Right. Like it took. I I remember hearing about it. Like my dad talked about how he played it once or twice with his brothers growing up, and it, I never really thought about it until like Stranger Things came out, and then I was like, oh, this is an interesting game that they're that that I've heard about, but never really played. Um, and then the more I heard about it, and then. Chris invited us to, I think, yeah, Chris invited Scotty and I to go over to Neil's house and we played at Neil's house. You know what who's, who's, who's in our game right now, by the way? Who's in our game right now? You know yeah. what I think Neil. it was too, was that Neil challenged us to create a backstory about how our characters met and we collaborated on that thing. Like we it, did. Like our lives depended on it. Oh, it yeah. Like we were writing a novel together. We came up with the most like elaborate, cool, like... Co- collaborative effort to mm-hmm. come up, and then we were like, "Wow, this is like we have the bug, like a oh, the creative writing." So cool, yeah. And then after that, I think I, I'm just telling my story. Basically, I I found Critical Role on YouTube, and then I mean, blasted through uh, like 40 episodes in. And, and the thing about Critical Role, though, is like. Watching them to get into D and D is like watching the NFL to get into football. It's like yeah, they're, it, they're pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Mercer is the DM on that, and he is. It's so hard to watch him and then be like, "Yeah, I want to be a DM," and then you realize, like, "Oh, you kind of have to make that your to be him. You kind of have to make it your full time job because the amount of detail and work and everything that goes into his campaigns is absolutely bonkers. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's what gave me the 
itch, like Chris said, was just playing that first, that first game. I was like, Oh, I caught the bug. And then it was, and then it was like, okay, now we have to figure out a way that we can play often because this is so much fun. Yeah. I had a similar, well, uh, similar kind of path. I started watching critical role, but I burnt out a little bit. Um, Jake, Jake, you and Chris, you and Chris definitely like took off with the whole getting super into D and D um, past me. Um, I really enjoy playing and, and this has been fun to DM, but I haven't really, I, I definitely don't know the rules and all the intricacies and stuff like you guys do. So you don't, you don't spend your time on D and D beyond creating numerous characters and well, I create characters and stuff, but um, I'm doing a lot more now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing a lot more like checking rules and stuff now. What were you going to say, Troy? Well, that's the aspect of, of D and D that always kind of, I, I really like sitting down at the table with everybody and, you know, and playing, you know, rolling dice and, and you know, using your mm-hmm. imagination, all that stuff. What the thing that I have always struggled with was character creation. And it's not just r- rolling for stats and it's not just like, Oh, you're a, you're a half elf. And so you can do this and you can do that. There is that aspect, but it's also just like sitting down and being like, and this is the thing that you guys like the most, right? Is just like sitting there thinking about your backstory and what your character looks like and all that stuff. And I'm like that, that normally would interest me, but for some reason when it comes to actually like sitting down and playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons, that aspect of it doesn't really appeal to me. What appeals to me is sitting down with my friends and, you know, and playing a game and, you know, meeting in a tavern, play, pretending to be different characters. D- to me, it doesn't matter who those characters are, what their backstories are. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's what the hard thing is, is like about being a DM is not only now, not, not only do I have to manage all of those characters that other people create is that then I have to take a whole world or a whole whatever mythical world and add those characters in there as well. And that feels a little overwhelming to be honest yeah. to me at least yeah so uh if if i'm being honest, and i'm not trying to to rain on your parade i know that i like seeing being at the table being a dm at the table mm-hmm. sound like looks like fun right it's the prep and it's all that back and, and even like coming up with the story of like okay i want my crew like i want the everybody to do this and this and this and go on this kind of path and stuff there is an element of that that sounds fun it's the whole aspect of like remembering all of the rules remembering all of the like oh your character can't do this because your character uh is this race or this class or whatever so it's like it's it's all of that stuff that just kind of like honestly sometimes kind of turns me away a little bit yeah, well, I'm kind of overwhelming a little bit. I mean, D, being a DM is 25 times more work than being a player. Like, 25. and I, I, and I don't think I'm exaggerating there. Like, yeah, like the, the character I made for, for this campaign that we're doing, I put him together in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like I put together his, he, like who he is, his backstory, all this different stuff. I, I I did it in 20 minutes. And Scott, how many hours have you spent prepping and uh, working qu- on this uh, on this campaign? Few. Yeah, um, and it's it's uh, way more than 20 minutes. And um, I mean, I'm not like I think it's just my style of uh, of just uh, how I go about a lot of things in my life is not a whole lot of preparation went into it, but I'm preparing as I go, so I'm like. 
two two steps beyond past you guys. Like I, I have an outline and I have quite a bit of it like mapped out, but as far as specifics, I'm kind of just going with it. Well, there, I mean, there's so much that goes into being a dam that like map building and stuff like like you, you <laughs> you're yeah, like, okay, I, I, I know I there's to... gonna be a confrontation here, so I have to build a map. Yeah. for this spot and then you're like okay what what is this map going to look like what what is the terrain going to look like what's some an interesting part like i remember chris did made a map once for one of the games we played where uh we were like going through a volcano and there was multiple bridges and then mm-hmm. there was like a water feature at the end of the trail and and so it made for these like very interesting spots for conflict to happen because oh now it's a now it's a a bridge where everyone has to be single file so now now you, you have to have the you right. can't have the squishy wizards up front where they're going to get their asses handed to them and thrown in the lava you want your tanks up front and your wizards in the back as they're chasing the it, it was just it, and so you have to think those things up while you're a, as a dm and it's stuff that you don't even think about as a play. You they pull it out and you're like, oh man, that looks awesome. And then you're like, yeah, it only took me three and a half hours to think it up and draw it out and color it and or if you even do those things. But like, there and that's one aspect of being a DM. Not to yeah. mention, like you said, all your all your NPCs that you have to build and you have to put mm-hmm. together and you have to. It's just it's a lot, a lot of work and and and. uh Okay. So, it's free so it sounds like real quick, it sounds like the conversation is going more towards like how to get into DM. So let's just like mm-hmm. officially be like, cause we were going to try and do how to get into D and D and then mm-hmm. transition that into how to get into DMing. Yeah. Um, let's just go straight into, sorry. I, I feel like I, I should apologize. Cause I feel like I kind of took that off the rails in that aspect. Cause I, <laughs> no, kinda... no, I think it went naturally that, that's okay, okay. Where, where it's so, going naturally. So in that case, I mean, Chris can attest to this. Every time we've played a game, we've played a, a game of D and D I've, I've messaged Chris and I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. I don't know. And so like, <laughs> Chris is always like, I will help you. And you've always been really gracious about it. So I want to give you your, your credit on that. But as far as like helping me with the backstory, helping me with my stats, all of that stuff and Thanks. knowing what, uh, what certain uh, races and class mm-hmm. classes can can do, um, and so to me, as far as being a DM and like not only like knowing all that for all of the players, but also all of the the what are they non non player characters NPCs right? Mm-hmm. Is that what they're yeah. officially called? In D- anyway, yeah. So n- knowing all of that just seems really overwhelming. So I guess my question for you, all three of you have been DMs now, and I'm the only one that hasn't. And honestly, being a DM in any capacity, whether it's over text-based or whether it's at a table, is it's sounds a little stressful to me, right? So what would be your advice as far as like, I mean, I get guess- a, buy, get, buy, a, buy a pre-made yeah. campaign. And that's, that, that's been huge <laughs> for me. I have a pre-made campaign with, it has all the NPCs. I've made up a couple, but it has NPCs. It has scenes. It has all this stuff. And it has their stats and everything for a battle. Use, it, it's use use that first for your first one, and then you know you kind of know you kind of see what what needs to go into it. Uh, so then, when you homebrew something, you, you kind of know. And I would say, even the first time homebrewing, you take a pre-made and modify it. Modify it. You know what's funny about that is, I actually did buy one a long time ago, and I told Chris, I was like, "Hey, dude, I bought this." I was like getting into it, and Chris was like, "Hey, man, 
Don't read that. That's the current. That's the current game we're actually playing. <laughs> was it Minds, was it Minds so of Sandelver? So I just put it away. I think it was a starter pack. So I I don't know which one which one it was when when you're we playing the Sandelver. Yeah, that's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I haven't read it. Don't but, read that. I mean, I, I have a star, I have the starter pack. I have. Uh, I know Chris uh, has shared, or or you guys have. We have like some of the the. Um, the manuals, I guess, and and the, the, you know, for reference and stuff like that. And I have the starter pack. So that I, is I the mean, other thing is there are a lot of manuals, a lot of reading. Yeah, and I hate reading. <laughs> <laughs> Something there's also I, there's also a lot of YouTube, like not only YouTube for like entertainment, like uh, like Critical Role, but there's a lot of like people teaching you how to be a DM and yeah and yeah. stuff on YouTube. That stuff is very, very helpful. I love it's, that stuff. Yep. What's your favorite YouTube besides Critical Role, obviously? Oh, I mean, I, I watch anything where Matt, Matthew oh, Mercer really? talk, like gives advice or like says, oh, this is kind of how I, I like anything that he's, that he. Uh, Dungeon Dudes, I really like a lot. Dungeon Dudes. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't, I haven't seen. 20. So, uh, uh kind of the reason why we were thinking about this uh, subject in the first place to get meta again about what we're talking about is because <clears throat> the, uh, I have a feeling that uh, people in our audience and uh, a lot of you out there may want to get into D&D <clears throat> and it's really hard to, to break into especially if you don't know a DM that is willing to put, the, put a campaign together because it ends up being a part-time job for a person to be a DM of an active group. Um, and so, so it's, it's like a lot to ask of somebody. Um, and so Chris in, in our group and Jake um, were the first ones to take on DMing and Chris wanted to start playing Dungeons and Dragons so bad that he's like, all right, fine. I'll just, instead of being a player for my first game or not necessarily his first game, but um, he's like, I'll just start putting a campaign together because I want to play D and D. Um, and so that's kind of the suggestion that we're putting out is if you, if you want to play D and D and you don't have someone to DM it, or you don't have a game to be a part of start putting it together yourself. Cause, cause, cause if you put a game together, you will get players. Well, and, and that's, that is so true. You will, people are, are desperate for DMS and, yes. One of the one of the best things that I did was I just I when I homebrewed my my first one shot that mm-hmm. you, uh, it was that one where we uh, all it was was literally one mission. The guy said, "I need potions. Go into the forest and get potions from this guy." Yeah, right. <clears throat> and so I was like, "Okay, I know that I need to start at this uh, start at the tavern, end at the tavern, and in the middle, you need to be at a potion maker." And I was like, okay, what kind of what kind of conflict can we run into on the way there and on the way back? Yeah, and the hard part about that as a DM putting that together is just like the level of your players and the level of the are, bad guys, and then how to match that with bad guys. Yeah, and there's calculators online, and they're all wrong. <laughs> they're all like like so, I so you said, end up just fudging dice rolls as a DM all the time. Cause I, I set, I set it to be the deadliest encounters I can. And my players just blow through it, just breeze through it. And I'm like, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, I mean, I had you guys in that one where you were on that ship wreck. I had you fight like 
three dragons and two frost giants and you guys beat them. And I think, I think total you got your entire group took like 70 hit points of damage or something like, like it was ridiculous. So we I was were like, level, I, we were level eight and there was like five of four of us. Five of us? Right. There was like seven but, of us. But still, but still three dragons and two frost giants should do more of a dent. But by the time I think they all rolled low initiative. And by the time it got to them, it was like, oh, you'd already killed one frost giant and two dragons (laughs) and they haven't even taken a turn yet. Like it was just, yeah, I mean, that's, that's D and D it's just, that's true. And sometimes, and sometimes you get into one where you're like, oh, I'm going to kill them all. Oh, whoops. Like Chris mm-hmm. nearly killed the entire party with a like a handful of goblins. Like <laughs> it was, I think it was like five goblins, and we're, we're all level one. And it was like, oh, we're all gonna die. We, we all ended with like three hit points left. So was that the Van Delver? Van Delver. That was a yeah. That first. I mean, I think it's because someone Leroy Jenkins into the. The boss no, chamber. that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, the turtle. The, the, it's like that's oh. not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the first goblins we ran into in the forest before we even got into. Oh, the, when we got like, Kiki, right? Before I showed up, when we tied when we tied Kiki up to the tree <laughs> before Troy even showed up, because I was the one that rescued Kiki. Because right. Kiki left me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, I. Then later, I died. I got one shotted by a bugbear. <laughs> <laughs> I still thought it was cool when when I'm uh, so glad that happened when Scott, Scott and I teamed up to to like get the take the bugbear's head and like like oh yeah fired it and went spoke through it and that was cool but that was that's, awesome. that's that's beside the point but um, you, to, you asked a question earlier too Troy and uh, you said like basically how where do you start not necessarily um, where do I start like where do I go from there because like what you guys said was was right like in the sense of like what you guys said at the very very beginning I think Scott said it, is if you're here if you're listening that's the first step you know you at least have that interest that interest well right? I mean that the the where you start is basically just how like you just kind of have to dedicate yourself like you know what I mean like uh mm-hmm. just tell yourself that you're just you're going to DM a game right and then another thing that you have to keep in mind too is this isn't I said DM a game, but it's not a game. It's a story. It's a collaborative story. So DM, the first thing I DM'd was a campaign. It wasn't even a one shot. So I put together an entire campaign. And I think, I, I think you, the first thing you DM'd was one encounter. Where yeah, Jacob like, Gifford fell in a hole. It was, was Jacob Gifford. It was, was Jacob Zero. <laughs> but that, right. But I also think that might be one of the best places to start as a DM is like one encounter. <clears throat> And that like is good practice for like oh, okay get sure. the flow. I, I taught you guys like, like uh, opportunity attacks, and I showed mm-hmm. you guys like like range and uh, how close you have to be, and 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 there's uh, there's stuff that I still learn like every single time that I play, and you can carry over. Like as a DM, and I I, I kind of share my little tidbits of wisdom, whether people want to hear it or not. <laughs> like when it, like uh, the first time Mike DM'd, he your buddy, your mission buddy, Mike. Uh, he DM'd and he was asking me for a lot of advice. I just sent him like a hundred page essay. And he read um, all of it and he yeah. still ended up with an elephant and a hole in the ground getting mm-hmm. greased up with butter. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, so, what are you going to do? So, so uh, c- kind of going along with what you guys are saying, Chris's first uh, encounter um, as a DM. Um, 
it's making me think because I have this biased view of my most recent experience with, with D&D is being a DM for text based. And I would say from a player's perspective and obviously a DM's perspective, I would not do it text based because mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things like, I don't know what the word affordance is. There's a lot of things that everyone just kind of takes for granted in D&D that, that we just like um, skip over in the as far as as far as like <clears throat> positioning in a battle and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely do it in person. <laughs> right. That's one can. thing I'll say. Yeah. I think my biggest uh, advice, I, I've never, I've never DM'd a campaign. So I've never DM'd anything beyond one, a one shot. So mm-hmm. I can't, I, I can't three. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, so I can't give too much advice, but my biggest, my, the, the biggest advice I can give as a one shot DM that uh, that's all I've done is don't be afraid of railroading people. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid of railroading your, explain your what like, railroading is. Okay, so a rail a, a train can only go where the tracks are laid, right? Mm-hmm. There's only one way to go. And D and D is such an open form, like, oh, we're gonna go down this and we're gonna search that and we're gonna do that. It's like an open world video game. And uh players complain when DMs railroad, which is you lay the tracks down and then you force your players to go. It's like hand holding in video games. Like it, and so, so, so be, uh, be call of duty, not red dead redemption. That's what you're saying for, for well, your, first, for your so, first time DMing. Sort of. You, you want to hide it. You don't, it's like exposition in movies. You don't want to have okay, the so guy. Be God, so be God of war. Which yeah, is, right. Bingo. Well, you just want to drop, you want to drop the plot threads and hope that they pick up on them. Right. Right. And if they and, don't, and, then you have to keep doing and it. That, that and that goes into something you wanted to talk about, Chris, and we might talk about later is being a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, is, is, is to follow those those plot lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that like like Jake was saying, you you do have to have a certain type of railroading. Like you want to drop those plot hooks, you want to drop those meaty like for example, your meaty plot hook was when we were at a tavern and you're like, oh, these guys are a lot more well-behaved than those ruffians that were here last night. And I was like, ah, there's the meaty plot hook for us to latch on to. So we investigate bandits, ruffians, or whatever. So just to finish off the thing about being, not being afraid of railroading, I keep going. The issue issue is, is you don't want to make it feel like you're railroading your players because then it just feels like you're telling a story to them. So it's things like you're like, Oh, the, the bandits are in a camp camp to the East of town. And then the players are like, Oh, we're going to the West of town. And you're like, okay, whatever you run into a different bandit camp that is literally identical to the one <laughs> on the East of town. You run into it, the ocean. <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that where when you're first starting out, don't be afraid to railroad that in that way, just because you need your practice and they need practice as players with you as a DM. And so that, that was, that was the point that I was trying to get at is like it it's practice and no players. I don't, if you're going to be volunteer to be a DM, I don't think there's any players that's going to give you a, a lot of for it, the stuff that you do. You will find so. players that will, that are, bad players like that though that are jerks but right. hopefully 
you can uh, set some ground rules. Mm-hmm. Being a good player takes a lot of practice as well. And, and a lot of people don't really know because, like I said, I, I've DM'd four campaigns now. And the first one was the hardest, like by far. And it was the one with you guys. And it wasn't even necessarily that you guys were bad players. We were all brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was failing to do was establish rules and and expect you guys to like know them, you know? Like in one of the first encounters that we had, I had a map, I had a bunch of traps, but we were moving our characters out of initiative, which is super important. So they were just like, oh, this kind of moving my little toy piece along or whatever. And then I was like, oh, wait, we just <laughs> passed an encounter, just blew past it. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, no, I want to be here and used to move the guys over. So that's why, like, a dungeon crawl map is important to do it in initiative, right? Uh-huh. And some, some DMs don't, some, some don't, and they just let their players take turns and kind of move around. But that takes uh, good players to do a map like that out of initiative. And as first time players, it just wasn't going to happen for us. So like, well, and being good first, being a good, like I said, it, it takes so much practice and mm-hmm. I, like, I, I say this, I've, I, 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 I've said it. I can't tell you how many times I've said it, but like my favorite person on the critical role team is, is, uh, is, um, Travis because Travis is by far the best player as a, from a DM perspective, he, mm-hmm. he will take anything the DM says and just says, okay. And then accepts it mm-hmm. and then, and then works around those things. Um, being, being a player that is constantly always arguing with the DM is not only obnoxious for the DM, it's obnoxious for the other players. Um, it sucks. I am really bad at that. I'm really bad at it. And it's it, it, like after every time we play Dungeons and Dragons, when I'm done, I'm always like, damn it. Jake, shut your freaking mouth. <laughs> you don't need to argue with the DM so much. And I remember there was one time when when I tried to do something cool and I was so excited about this big thing that I had planned and I rolled really high. And then and then Chris, Chris's NPC rolled like literally one th- one thing higher than me. And I was level seven pissed. I was so mad. I was so, and I remember just thinking like, and just staring at him and going, are you, are you serious? Like, you're not going to let me do this really cool thing that I was so excited about. And then when it was done, I remember thinking to myself, you asshole, what, what were you doing there, Jake? Like he rolled his dice and it went his way. Like, don't, don't be that guy is what I'm saying. If you're playing don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that argues with the DM all the time. Don't be the guy that uh, gets mad at another person because a dice roll went against. So, so the, there, there is an interesting line because because you're kind of getting into like, don't be the the person that like like bulldozes the campaign, like the player mm-hmm. that like that is the main character. You know, don't don't be the main character, basically is uh kind of along with what you're saying is because there's four other players or three other players in the game that need to have their moments as well. Um and uh I think that 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 plays out for both DMs and and players is like let people have their moments. Um 
And uh, as a DM, you also need to know try and play off each other, but 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 you don't have to. But okay, so so here's what I was kind of getting at though is is um is don't don't be is there is a line between someone that bulldozes a campaign and someone that pushes a story along that kind of knows what kind of what they're doing and pushing the story along because, because they're trying to, they're, they're actually pretty knowledgeable. And so, so there's a line between being helpful to the DM and trying to take over the campaign. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's the hardest part about DMing other DMS. Yeah, exactly. I, because I I'm pretty I mean Jake just went on a tirade about being critical of how he can be sometimes. I started out DMing, and now when I play, I can't help it. Like I just like I I because I, I in my mind I'm trying to move the story along with the DM, so I'm like, oh I gotta be like the face, you know I gotta be the person talking to everybody. I gotta get the plot hooks. I gotta, and then it's I and then I like whoa. To chill out dude there's other people playing too and so i'm very critical of my i'm very critical of myself as a player more than a, as a dm because because as a dm there's no the only other person that can judge my performance is me really like you guys don't know what's going on mm-hmm. you know what i mean so yeah. starting out as a dm almost ruined me as a as a player like i have no <laughs> idea i don't i have no idea how to like be like a docile player well yeah. you, you need to play you need to play with like a 20-year veteran DM. (laughs) DM, Because honestly, DMs are notorious for being either uh, those bulldozers that you're talking about or rules lawyers that Mm -hmm. are like, and, and neither of those people are fun to play with. And, uh, and so it's, it's as a player, it's kind of this fine line, like you said, of like pushing the story along, but also, but it's also up to the DM to kind of be a forceful, person to be like okay we're gonna stop that bullet right there mm-hmm. and oh there's another player that isn't necessarily getting as much time in so i'm gonna focus on him and make or her whomever I, and make that player have their moments like you said every everybody needs their moments so you need to give them their moments as a dm it's really important to understand that that person has their moments or needs their moment too and you need to you need to figure out a way to give them their moment right. and, and kind of take the, the, the bully player and kind of slow them down, but also understand and realize there are some players like Chris is saying, like that are trying to help push the story along and trying to help the DM. Um, and so you, cause one thing that Chris is really good at as a player is he, because he's been a DM, he sees these things. And so as a player, he sees the table and he watches the table and he knows when one character or one, one player isn't as engaged. And so then Chris will have his character walk up to the player. That's not as engaged and be like, Oh, what do you think we should do? And, and like or, or, try and include them and push them, have them push the story forward. He'll pick them up because apparently they're uh, they're unconscious. <laughs> they're unconscious from trying to save a cat, <laughs> right? Um, and so, like that's something that a that a DM can be good at as a player as well. And so it just it, it's, it's it's super dependent, and it's all in the service of the of the everyone that has gotten into the. Dungeons and Dragons knows the main rule of Dungeons and Dragons is to have fun, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like right. that's the that's the rule. That's that's um, Gary Gygax's rule. Yeah, he's the one of the, the creator. The, yeah, the creator. Um, so it, it all needs to be in service of that and of that as a whole. So so you need to be serving the story, but also um, your the individual players playing their enjoyment of the story. So because what's yeah. the point? It's a game, right? What's the point if you're not having fun? Exactly. So don't be like Jake in the Cold Bow podcast that bulldozes. So, um, so let's let's kind of uh, list it out a little bit. It doesn't need to be like a an ordered list, but like if you want to DM a DM a game, Chris says the first thing you need to do is just decide, like Mm -hmm. make the decision you're going to do it, and kind of be a little passionate about it, like you're. Deciding is one thing, but you do have to do a lot of reading after that. Mm-hmm. But fortunately for me, the stuff I was reading, I liked. I found it interesting. Like I liked reading. I, I told Scott to read this. It was like a player's handbook, but mini. I read mm-hmm. the whole thing, like front to back. It didn't. It took me like half a day. Like it really wasn't. I did not read it. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was interesting to read because it's like, and a lot of it I just skimmed over, you know. And it's like this is a cleric this is a dwarf you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that this is how much uh arrows are this is but then it's like right but it's it's just like the fundamentals like the fundamentals is what you need um and then another another thing you need so so we'd say that's number two that's number two is like learning fundamentals fundamentals of of uh i mean that makes sense as far as read the player's handbook yeah Yeah. get familiar with the player's handbook. if you're a player i think the because i've bumped into this a few times and i'm not going to single anyone out because i'm not saying with any of you but if if you're a player no it wasn't if you're a player (laughs) you actually i'm actually impressed because troy was a wizard his very first time and he did a lot of research wizards are so hard they're notoriously hard he had his so if you're, you're just trying player, to butter me up like the elephant. No, I'm being there. serious. <laughs> if you're going to be a player, you you need to do the research too. Because the DM, rule three or whatever is respect everyone's time. Because if you're a player, research your, your character. Know what you can do. Don't just show up and try to learn. That is one of the most infuriating things as a DM is when a player shows up and is like, oh yeah, I'm a, I, I want to be a wizard. And you're like, oh, okay. What spells do you have prepared? And they're like, you have to prepare spells. And you're like, no, no, you're not a wizard. You're not doing that. Because, um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like there, there's people we've convinced. Like, dude, come and play. We'll help you. You know. But if you're like, if you're asking me to be in my group, and you show up and you don't have anything ready, like there, there's actually been two people to be the opposite. One of them was Troy with his wizard, who was like overly prepared. And the other one was when Cody wanted to play a druid. He had a notebook filled with all of the like this. I can turn into a spider and the spider can avoid rough terrain. And he like knew that. And there happened to be a situation pop up where there was rough terrain. He turned into (laughs) a spider and it was super clutch. And he like shot webs out and he like it was it was a lava bridge that Jake was talking about earlier. So his spider like fixed this and fixed the rough terrain. And I was like, that was cool. It was cool. It was really cool. Character. That was an awesome moment. Yeah. So, so no, do your research. Is do, do research respect people's time. Um, I think uh, the, I would say the next thing would be j- just as, as someone new that, that has acquainted themselves with the rules and the classes and the, 
this and that of D and D is to just, even if your, your goal is to be a, a DM is to just create a character. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, go true. through create go, a character, go through the, go through the, um, process the process of creating character I've, I've fallen in love with so many of my characters like oh, i just yeah. want their stories told so badly i have like 15 mm-hmm. just sitting and waiting i keep saying this every time dm com- or uh, dnd comes up is i still want to know what happens between scott and i's characters <laughs> in the first from the first campaign we just need a that was a great that was a great storyline that was yeah, a great was. Hook. i mean yeah. that right um i <laughs> As far as DMing as well, I think more preparation is better than less. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think, if you're if you're preparing, you're like, oh, should I prepare for something? Yes, the answer is yes. I'll if you more. if you have the thought, should I prepare for it? Yes, I mean you should because you, you can over prepare though. Like, don't be afraid to improvise, and don't be afraid to kill your babies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. you have. You have these, you have these big ideas of these big encounters, and you have these big things that you want to have happen, and like big hooks and these big things that you're so excited for. And then your players are like, "No, we want to do this other thing," and you have to be able to be like, "Okay, fine. You know what? This cool thing, this loot, this 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 treasure chest that's full of all these cool things that I have sitting right there, and you didn't even look at it, and now and be like, okay, well." They didn't look at it. They didn't. They didn't open it up. They didn't. But, but as as a DM, kind of like what you said, the the bandits are on the east side of town and they leave the west. So they oh yeah, as the they're west. leaving you, the building, you you can put that 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 case that of, loot that loot anywhere in the campaign. anywhere in the campaign. That's true. And you can also do. Th- I mean, there's tricks like as you're leaving the room. Oh hey, you do a do a perception Pass, check or, or perception. Pa- what's your passive perception oh you notice something twinkling in the corner of the room <laughs> blah 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 like stuff like that i mean there's tricks that you can do that, 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 that that's will... basically the equivalent of like a cut scene almost yeah yeah and that's that's <laughs> equivalent of like that's a, a narrator theme. don't do cut scenes D does not do cut scenes <laughs> if you if you introduce the big bad guy early to come monologue Jake's gonna punch him with his turtle shell. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Like, don't you can't just show up and like monologue and leave. You know, that's that's not how T and D works. I did that, didn't I? With the um, uh when we did the Ninja Turtle one and Shredder showed up and mm-hmm. and uh, I think he made a bit of a maybe he didn't make a speech, but he showed up and made a made an impression and then left. And it was kind of a cutscene thing. But what's funny is a conversation point, with you and I. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. To, to Chris's point on that, I remember when that happened, and I was super disappointed that we weren't going to fight him. That, oh, that nothing happened that, with Shredder. That, oh, that, yeah. Because he, he came and went. I was I like, think oh, the fight, why, why would you show him if we're not going to do anything with him? Yeah. I think the fight lasted like three rounds. And then he and then yeah, he disappeared. Exactly. And it and the idea was to give you a taste so that you wanted more, so you would go out and go do. And it 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 worked. If we but could, then we but then we continue the campaign. <laughs> if you can, if it was it was a one shot, so you never ended up fighting Shredder again. But mm-hmm. so, but yeah, no, th- those things can work if you're doing a campaign and you're like planting yeah. something that might be coming later. Um, but yeah, big long monologues, like Chris said, <laughs> and with someone running a turtle into a cave, and and I I think that's part of being a good player too. And I'm, I'm not I'm not saying this is you, but like if you're if you're ever playing and your DM is monologuing with his bad guy, 
let him let let him or he's her. having a moment because that's the big bad guy is the dm's character that's like, his baby yeah exactly there's that, that's his character that he came up with so the wizard casting disintegration right away but like not even an initiative which is another thing that like D has all these rules in place to prevent people from just being a murder hobo and just punching people in the street for no reason like they they, they you have to battle and initiative or surprise rounds and stuff like that so be a good player and like let the dm describe what's happening before you're like i shoot an arrow at it like the second it pokes his head out of the ground or something mm-hmm. like let the let the scene unfold because it's a story it's not a game it's a story and scott said it everyone needs their moments right. and that's part of the dm's job to make sure everybody has the moments but it's part of the part of the uh, players' jobs is to allow the DM to have his moments because the DM has put so much. I mean, you put so much work. You work ten hours for this one mm-hmm. one shot that that you do, and then you, when you're you're having your moment with your BBEG, and the and the players are like, "Yeah, disintegration." And you're like, oh, "Okay, well, <laughs> screw you too." Mm-hmm. Yep. I want, so, a surprise, I want a surprise attack him in the middle of his speech. It'll it'll be perfect. I've had that thought so many times as a player. It's like, oh man, I could I wonder if I could get surprise attack because Well, because you want to be Captain Mal from Firefly when he kicks the dude into the dude starts yeah, monologuing yeah, exactly. and he kicks him into the motor and you're like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And it and it is cool because it was written that way. Right. But when it's writ but when the DM prepares something, like then it just becomes, oh, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, what do you think? What's been your uh, your favorite campaign you've played so far? I that's a good question because like both of them are not both, but like um, all of the ones I've played have been fun um, in their own rights, and some of them, all of them have been frustrating in their own rights. Um, as a player, the the campaign that we were doing for the roll gently was the one is probably the one that like I, I just wanted some resolution there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, the one that I've had the most fun with has been the Curse of Strahd. Um, Ooh, that one was fun. Um, that murder house. I, yeah, I really like yeah. Curse of Strahd too, because because yeah. I feel like we all kind of hit our stride a bit with D and D at that point. Like mm-hmm. maybe we all had some some chops by that time. A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, and yeah, that that murder house was was a lot of fun. You know, all the all the levels and the ghosts and all the stuff that you know the whatever like there was a lot that was that was that was fun with it but then the overarching story was kind of always just lingering in your in your mind as well like you're playing you're in this murder house trying to figure out what the hell is going on but then in the meantime you're also like thinking where is this going to lead to the ultimate story of trying to figure out like trying to either i i'm assuming trying to figure out how to kill strad right i think that was the whole point of the game was trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to kill strad so excuse me so that was that was um if there was any campaign i want to get back to it would be that one um just because, yeah me too yeah um, i don't i don't there's know there's a lot of campaigns i'd like to get back to yeah sure absolutely um and so um your question chris was was what what i liked about them or yeah just like cuz you you've seen me at my dming at my beginning and you've seen me like like scott said when we hit our stride mhm so I, I just the differences between the two, I guess, is the, that you have noticed that 
things went smoothly or you, you prefer the first one? I mean, at the same time, like when I joined you guys on the roll gently, cause I joined after you guys had done your first session. And I think you guys had all kind of hit your stride a little bit more in that roll gently campaign. Um, a little bit more than I did. And and I was, the other thing is I was so focused on trying to do an Irish accent that I just ended up giving up on it. And I just kind of was like, forgot what my character was about and trying to actually just be the character. I was just trying to sound Irish. And so, <laughs> and so like, I felt like that kind of took away from it more than actually enhanced it. Um, whereas in the, um, in the curse of Strahd one, I just didn't give a shit. Right. And so I was just like, as far as like what my character sounded like or any of that, I was just was going to be the character. And I was like getting in, getting behind the passions of the character, you know, the character wanted, my character wanted to protect his sister, wanted to, you know, all of those things and had, you know, honor and, and wanted to figure out what happened to his dad, all that stuff. And so there was a lot more, there was a lot more for me to be able to try to get behind in that one. So, and then of course, yeah, we hit our stride and you as a DM, um, you were definitely more prepared. Um, the soundtrack, although me being deaf in one ear found it a little distracting, not because of the music was distracting, but because the, the background noise was, it was hard for me to hear you over the music. Right. Um, I don't know. We, we all felt like we wanted to keep doing that one. So we met what twice in person, once in person. And then we, and then was it twice in person? I think it was once and then, or maybe it was twice and then COVID. And then because of COVID, we, we tried to do it over zoom and then that kind of kind of killed it. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. But at the same time, it was still fun while we were even like established good rules because listener, the biggest issue with D and D is not bad DMS or bad players. It's scheduling. (laughs) Like, yeah. So with Curse of Strahd, we said, we're going to play every six weeks, no matter what. If you can't make it, then you can't make it. Well, I'll play with one person. I don't care. We're playing every six weeks. And then COVID hit and we're like, guess we're not playing at all. No, it was, it was, it was like, Hey, we're all, I think we did two over zoom. Well, we were like, it was like a bit, but it was like over, over zoom. It was like, we're all sitting here doing nothing. Yeah, we, we so were we might as well play like more. A week for we, we a while. Played, yeah, we played more, mm-hmm. and then I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know. Everybody got depressed. I think we got out of that. I think we got out of that murder house, and all of us was like, "Oh, take a breather," right? <laughs> and and then it <laughs> never came, never started back up again. Um, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but I, I like, um. The the big thing that kind of comes to my mind in terms of just uh, in terms of playing is okay. One thing that always kind of bugged me, and I've I have been guilty of this, it has been um, when you f- like argue with the DM over either rules or over like you know any, anything you know like like when you when you kind of step out of the game and you sit there and you argue with the DM. It, it is frustrating, right? In any, in any context. But whereas if you're playing and the DM is like, you know, telling you like, and you're like the, you know, the story is moving and things are progressing. As soon as somebody steps out to argue with the DM or to say, no, I want to do this. No, you can't do that because I was doing this, you know, all this stuff. Like it, it kind of pulls you out. And so I think maybe that's, uh, I think approaching it with that level of the word that comes to mind is compassion, but like not compassion, but like just, I guess understanding cooperativeness. cooperativeness yeah yeah respect yeah. yeah respect cooperative uh um cooperation 
Um, anyway, mm-hmm. but like that, uh, you know, those things and, and not like just coming here and being like, oh, I want to be the big badass and have the final killing blow. You know, it, like you guys have said the whole time, it's, it's about telling a story. And so I think, especially when we hit curse of Strahd, I think we all came to the table with that. Oh, and being excited for someone else's moment. Exactly. Like, so, seriously. Yeah. I think one of the best moments I've had in D and D is when JMO had that like crazy point. Crit like, like it he was like when Chris was his pants because his, his giant up, monster that wasn't supposed to fall to anyone when, got, when was killed in one Every, hit. Everyone explodes with like cheers. Like that was the best. That was awesome. <clears throat> yep, that was awesome. That and was it was, that, and it wasn't my attack, but it was probably my one of my favorite moments. I, in it was definitely my favorite moment playing. It was definitely my favorite moment playing. It's funny too, because I have there's a there's a lot of moments that I remember quite a bit from 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 what Scott just said, like excitement around the table. Like I remember you guys drug the goblin Kiki with you to fight the bugbear. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe I'm attacking my own boss <laughs> with my own goblin. This is so stupid. <laughs> I roll for an attack, natural 20. <laughs> the, you guys erupted and you're like kiki kiki right this is so <laughs> stupid <laughs> because to us though like yeah th- it was no different than right. because it's just another person playing right. but but for you you're like literally fighting yourself uh, and also you're adding you're adding another character to the group making the group stronger so now now your your encounters are even more weighted heavily towards the players and but but okay so let's talk about that too as well like this this you're talking about the story right and like how like as a dm you have to be prepared for things to not happen the way that you plan it to right and that one i think is a great example because the first encounter with kiki you guys literally tried to kill him and left him to left him for dead to hang in a tree yeah we we interrogated him and then tied him up and left him in a tree yeah yeah basically (laughs) nearly dead and my character was the one who saved him because i believe chris was using that character as the means to be able to get me to where you guys were right i think that was the whole right point. Mm-hmm. but kiki kept going keep and, and then i remember he you died guys, in that fight and you guys revived him and i was like <laughs> son of a <laughs> i remember how pissed off you were that <laughs> we were so <laughs> part we're, of so, we're I, so invested in that in that goblin like we gotta save him but and no part, it was, part it, of it, why i liked him so much is that chris hated him <laughs> <laughs> but it also had its own little like redemption arc too if you think about it because like you guys didn't trust me at first because i showed up with a goblin you guys tried to kill right yeah, and then all, and then like and then like kiki had to like gain your trust and then and then when you entered the cave or when we entered the cave and we all fought the the bad guys the goblins and the bugbear and everything and kiki made us a, a blow that ended up saving all of our lives um then it was all of a sudden like oh well like he's now like poetic he's not one of us <laughs> so mm-hmm. like anyway so like it was one of those things that like uh, you know chris just created a throwaway character that ended up being a character that we wanted to well it wasn't even it wasn't even a throwaway char- it was a it was a a goblin that we fought and then we were like oh we're gonna keep him alive so we can interrogate him and then we left him for dead like and so we're like, what's your name? And Chris is like, oh, Kiki. Exactly. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> it's like it's like naming your farm animals. Like, <laughs> and I think I named them that because the Drake song was out. Kiki. Do you love me? <laughs> 
Yeah, it, was yeah. a lot, it was a lot of fun, but but at the same time, it was it, we're sitting here talking about Kiki for a reason because it was an aspect of that story that was that we remembered that we res- that resonated with us that was like that was important to our characters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and to Chris, who was the DM, was not planning on Kiki being a part of anything, and was don't actively, be afraid to improv. Yeah, it was, it was we, we improv so, that Kiki had a gluten intolerance and he ate a whole barrel of flour. I remember that. <laughs> I think that was just you really. I think that was just really, you really trying to kill him off. No, I, like, I tried to make him bedridden, and that's what happened. He was bedridden. I was like, he's he's bedridden. He can't come with you guys. Um, you all know what my favorite Dungeons and Dragons moment is? Tell me. Freezing my balls off because Chris and his brother can't freaking control their body heat. No, I cannot. They they oh, are yeah, always so right damn now. hot. And so then we go over to their house and Chris has to open up the door and the window and then it freezes. Yep. And 1.30 a.m. in December in Utah is pretty cold. <laughs> it's pretty cold. <laughs> but the window's open. You know, another moment, too, that I like just to contrast is that... Uh, because I was talking about Kiki and how the whole table was exploding. Um, but Scott actually created one of my most favorite characters I've ever seen, and that's his cowardly wizard. Oh, yeah. Fury. And Fury McPherson. And he happened to be the one. This is Cursor Strahd. I was going to say, he, that was, yeah. He happened to be the one that walked into a room to see the ghost of a, like a babysitter, a, a nanny, a wet nurse. And have a conversation with the wet nurse about looking for the the child of oh my gosh and he was the only one in that room and i was like oh i'm so glad it was him like it just worked out this way and he he had a solo conversation with his ghost trying to find Mm -hmm. the the whole point of trying to find the baby because he said my my little brother is inside and he's crying and they're trying to find the baby um but uh i the wet nurse points to a crib and there's this a bundle of blankets and then fury has to walk to the bundle of blankets but he did it like slowly and like i didn't do this scott did it but he built anticipation all by himself because he was nervous to walk over there but i look around and like jake's got his head in his hands oh yeah oh yeah i remember this and there was like there's these people like rocking back and forth and i was like dude D is crazy man mm-hmm. like dude and I, I, I was ghost stories i was like I remember that moment too. And I remember being like my, my character not being scared. I was scared. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, right. I don't know what I'm going to be seeing with this baby. It's crazy. I, and, and we talk about it like we were there and mm-hmm. and you hear about that. That's a lot the best D&D. part about D and D is because like, I don't say fury did that. And it was fury that the character that went and, and looked at the baby, but I talk about it like I was doing it Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was. Well, listen, for real though, my favorite moment from D and D is uh, when we did our Christmas Carol one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, when when uh, everyone realized the uh, the trick to beating the the bad guy, and then everybody going, "No, we got to focus on this one thing." And like when when you as a DM watching your players do that, figure it out, and then like figure out how to like coordinate oh i'm good at this you're good at that you do this to distract him and then i'll get this and i'll and and like watching that happen and then the plan come together and then beat the bad guy and then them win and like the the that that 
final battle in that in that uh, Christmas Carol one shot that I did. That was by far as a DM player anything. I was like, man, this is it. This I forgot is, this about is, that one. That was a fun game. That was this a fun is D and D. I love that one. I did too and, because and Jake, I got that, to that do was, a lot of British accents. That, that was your third favorite moment, Jake. <laughs> You've had three favorite moments in D and D. What was the first one? Freezing your balls. Jamo's crit. Freezing your balls off. Jamo's crit. I didn't say that was my favorite. You said that was your favorite. Oh, I, thought you, you I thought you agreed. You, you no, I, I was like, oh no, that one was great. No, and you then <laughs> we have a recording, Jake. Shut up. <laughs> You're a liar. No, no what? <laughs> me agreeing with Scott, <laughs> freezing my balls off at Chris's house, and uh, watching as a DM. Seriously, all that work when you watch your players do something really cool, and then they like get that excitement. Chris talking about watching me with my head on my in my hands and like everybody rocking back and forth and being so nervous like as a dm that makes all that work worth that it. you did so worth it and you watch so him do that and you're like because oh. as a dm you're the only one that has like the thirty thousand foot view. So, so so you saw it so differently than i did chris like you were taking a step back and going oh this is crazy but i was literally so in the moment mm-hmm. that i was just mm-hmm. like I was the character uh-huh. and, and I was so, so I wasn't thinking meta like you were at that moment. And so I, I didn't really even realize how much of a moment it was until you said it later on until you mentioned, I it. mean, I definitely get lost in the story too. Like th- there's been a few times, but, but you more, I'm you do it more so accent. as the, you do it more so as the DM than you do right. as a player. I think anyway, keep going. But yeah. There's been so many times I've been doing my character, doing an accent and then like, I kind of like think like that. If anyone's watching me right now, I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretending that I'm like an old hag, you know, or something, something like that, that last thing we did with Joe and Mike and I, I was doing the Irish character and oh, yeah. my Irish accent is so bad that I go into and out of, or it changes to Australian or whatever, like it gets really squirrely with my Irish mm. accent. And so <laughs> For like four hours before we played, I just switched into Irish accent, and then because and then I realized like, damn it, if I get out of this Irish accent, so then I go to the QT across the street to get mm-hmm. a hot dog and stuff, and then started talking to the hot to the to the gas station attendant in an Irish accent oh, because no. I was I was worried that if I ever got if I came out of it that I would never be able to get back into it. <clears throat> So then I'm I've like, definitely done this. I've done this a few days. Like I work and they're like, oh, you're playing D and D tonight. And I'm like, arr, arr, arr. I, <laughs> you'd be right. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And speaking, of, I, I would try my Irish accent right now, but unless I do it for like three hours straight, it it sound it's. I mean, well, it, it ended up being Irish Swedish. I have to say to like, yeah, it, you need your entry words into a yeah, dude. You have to like warm up with Irish. Yeah, say, shut up. Oh, shut up. Yeah. It, cause there was the one time that there was my turtle that had a different accent every time we played. And so I was like having to practice a Russian accent and then I was practicing my Southern accent and then I was pra- like you, surfer dude. And yeah, it was dude. when surfer dude came out, that was hilarious because <laughs> I think that was the second, or maybe our second game or something or a second mm-hmm. session where like, I had no idea 
Because he was like Russian first, and then all of a sudden he was surfer. Like, what? <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah. All right, we should probably wrap up though. I know we've been like waxing poetic about our. <laughs> I know. About our I mean, this, this would anything, definitely be fun to listen to. It, it, exactly. And if you if you are still listening to this episode, like, and you are like, you know, following along and everything, and um, I think one of the big things, and that you probably figures, don't need a, a, a an information guide on how to get into D and D if you're still listening. One of the one of the big takeaways that I'm that I'm having is like whether you do whether you play as a player or whether you play as a DM, like like just like anything else, like get into it and like commit. don't go in half-assed is what I'm yep. saying. Like, you know, actually like commit yourself to it. But then the other thing that I'm, that I'm really, as we're like just reminiscing on some of our own D and D experiences and everything it's the aspect is that we all are friends sitting around a table, enjoying playing pretend. And as, as silly as that sounds to adults, we were all kids once we were all young. We all played pretend in some way or another, right? Whether it was with action figures, whether we daydreamed, whether we played with our friends, whatever we all played, we all played pretend. And that, that innocence, that aspect of, uh, of just enjoyment, just sheer life enjoyment is the takeaway that I'm getting at with just our reminiscing of, of, uh, of B and D is just getting together with some friends and just I don't know, just enjoying yourselves, right? I mean, and these are potential memories that yeah. you guys can make too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you can make different ones. Like that's that's the best part about it. Uh, that that's the biggest takeaway that I'm getting. And then and as a as a DM, you kind of get to kind of you get to be the one that guides that. And who doesn't want to guide that? You know, when you were kids playing pretend, you always wanted to be like, all right, we're gonna play this game, and you you know wanted to kind of lead the story, you know, of the game that you're playing, right? So it's it's a very similar thing, I imagine. You just there's a lot more work to it, but if you get into it, I imagine you'll like it. Right. I mean, there's three of three of us here and one of us who three of us who have, and one of us who hasn't, and all three of you guys who have DMs say you love it in one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. The prep, you might say you might think sucks or whatever, but in one way or another, you guys all have said that you like to DM. So, so but- far we're batting, we're batting, what is it? A hundred or a thousand batting a thousand, hundred percent of anybody in this particular group who has DM has enjoyed it. So just a matter of committing yourself to it, I imagine. And, and even though the, the, um, prep is, it can be like tedious or, or hard or whatever. It's still pretty fun. It's still storytelling, building a story, building characters. Um, so creation, it's awesome. it, It is. And so, it, it is a lot of work and I mean, there, there's, there's definitely, it's not all positives, but my, in my the wife end, and I were is. coloring uh curse of Strahd maps, watching musicals, prepping for a podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dates that, uh, that campaign right there. A little bit, doesn't it? Uh, man. Good stuff though. Good stuff. Cool. cool. I've loved this conversation. This is so much fun. <laughs> this is one of the funner episodes. I don't know if we're going to get much traction as far as listeners, but I had was, a great time. Doing it was it. a bit on the indulgent side. Still, that's why, that's why we're doing this, right? Like the whole reason is to get together and talk about things we enjoy. So yeah, and this is something true. we enjoy. So Absolutely. Hopefully you enjoyed listening. We should, we should play more. Let's we should play more. Again. Let, let's start that back. up. Oh, dude. If we could start Curse of Strahd back up again, that would be awesome. I'm gonna have to figure out a way for us to play in person and and kill that grave cleric of ours. 
<laughs> Screw you. <laughs> um, and the sister. <laughs> and someone's sister. Someone's sister. <laughs> um, yeah. So I enjoyed this. I think I think I speak for everyone in saying that I, we enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed it too. If you did enjoy it, please uh, let us know. Social media is a great way to do that. Uh, going through coffee or, um, or, uh, Patreon, Patreon. uh, other way. Those are other great ways to let us know that you enjoyed it. Even if it's just a dollar or two, um, we very much appreciate anything that can be, that, that, that can be given. Uh, it helps us to keep going. Keep the lights on that. Kind and, of it, stuff. and it gets you access to our discord server where you, where you can talk to us directly and um, you can, you can apparently uh, uh, watch the game. game he's in a DM. Yeah. Right. Right now we have a Dungeons and Dragons channel in that cold, in that cold bow server. We have, uh, we also have a discussion group for the current series called um, only murders in the building on Hulu. Uh, Chris and I are currently the only people talking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember I was going to elaborate more and then I like fell asleep. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that discord server is pretty cool. It's been fun. I've, I've absolutely loved all this stuff. So uh, if, if, if you feel the need, please go ahead and uh, feel free to go uh, leave a buck or two in uh, either Patreon or coffee. Uh, that's K O F I coffee. And, um, is there anything else? Did I miss anything? I don't think, think so. I think it's it. Yeah. Just all anything? we're plugging now. Thanks cool. for listening. If you, if you made it this far, man, you are. I know, huh? Thanks for listening to us. this. And when you when you DM future listener, I want you to invite me to your game. Please, <laughs> I want to play more. You yeah. are dedicated. <laughs> cool. Uh, if there's nothing else, then uh, we'll go ahead and get going. We love you, and we can't wait to see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.